The Forum at 8 on SAFM. Thank you so much for tuning in to uh, AM Live this morning. It is, of course, time now for the Forum at 8. And this morning we're talking about water. And the question we are asking more pointedly is whether South Africa is facing a water crisis at the moment. So looking at what is currently happening and South Africa's current multifaceted water challenge, and we're trying to establish whether or not the country is facing a water crisis. In the latest incidents, residents in many uh, many areas around Joburg and uh, other parts of Gauteng have been without reliable water supplies for more than a week. But these shortages are not only confined to Gauteng and, you know, as of last week when everything was about Gauteng and water, we've been at pains to explain that there are other parts of this country that have been without water for much longer and therefore it brings to fore other questions around water, water supply, water safety, etc., etc. But these shortages are not only confined to Gauteng. I just want to reiterate that. We are fully aware of uh, shortages and obviously uh, maybe a complete uh, lack of water supply in other provinces. So this morning I'm inviting you, we are going to have a panel here to call in and tell us perhaps what is going on where you are with regard to the water situation. 0891-104-208 is the, the number in studio. You can call us on that number. Alternatively, send us an SMS to 34701. Tweet or Facebook at AM Live on SAFM or at Sakina Kamwendo. Now, I just want to indicate that we will have the Acting Director General from the Department of Water and Sanitation uh, here with us. Uh, I believe he is on his way up to the studio, so we'll We'll just wait for uh, the acting director general. So we'll be able to speak to government and bring them in and get their view on this particular matter. But in the meantime, we have with us in studio uh, Mr. Pietras uh, Machi, who is a manager, water, sanitation, infrastructure, technology at CSIR. Thanks for coming through this morning. You're welcome, Sakina. And also with us, uh, we spoke to him last week, um, uh, Professor Mike Miller, professional engineer and commissioner of the National Planning Commission. Um, uh, Mike, thanks so much for your time as well. Morning, Sakima. Good to be with you and greetings to Pietras. Thanks. Good morning, Mike. Now, I just want us to get straight to it because obviously looking at Twitter, looking at uh, the SMS, we already have tons of SMSs streaming in. So let's get straight to it. Does South Africa have a water crisis at the moment? And if not, what exactly are we looking at? Mike, let me start with you. Uh, Sakima, you know, I, I think we should be very careful about claiming that we're in a crisis. We've got many water challenges, and every locality has a different one. So, you know, we've just experienced a sort of very visible uh, set of problems in Gauteng, and everyone starts shouting, crisis, crisis. Well, it was a problem for people in some suburbs of, uh, of, of the province. It wasn't in others. It's largely been fixed now. So I don't think it classifies as a crisis. But in general, we have to remember that every settlement in this country needs a source of water somewhere in in nature that you can go and collect it and then it needs some system uh, a technical system a management system that brings the water from rivers or from boreholes and delivers it to people's houses or close to people's houses so you've got two problems you've got the natural problem have we got enough water in our rivers and dams? And the man-made problem, if you like, though there's a lot more women working there now, the, the problem of managing the process of building the infrastructure, keeping it working, and making sure it does what it's supposed to do. 
in both cases, we've got problems, but I don't think either side is a crisis, except perhaps in some of the municipalities where effectively administration has broken down and we see that there are regular interruptions of water supply and people, in fact, go for weeks, if not months, without water. For me, the real crisis are those people who have infrastructure, many in the rural areas, infrastructure which just doesn't bring water to them for weeks and months on end. Beatrice? Thanks, uh, Sagina. Uh, actually, we, we, we have to, uh, just to answer it straight, at the moment, there's no crisis. I should, I should make that clear. But there are certain things that we need to address to ensure that we avoid crisis in future. So if, if you, water, water sector alone is a business, so you have to understand the whole value chain. That is from your source at the national level where you've got a department and other entities putting infrastructure, and then you've got the regional space where you've got water boards and uh, some of the district municipalities putting infrastructure, and then you've got the local government space where is the delivery point. So we, we need to understand the whole value chain and, che- and, 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 and look at the key pillars that are driving that. And some of those pillars are your institutional model. In each and every business, when you have to, for you to get things right, you have to ensure that all the institutions in your value chain are properly aligned. And that is a challenge at the moment in, in South Africa, and we need to acknowledge it in order to address it. And then the other thing is the regulatory uh, aspects, like you need an independent regulator to deal with the prices not only at the national level or at the raw water level, but in the whole value chain. We, uh, unlike other sectors, I mean, if you look at energy, you've got NASA. If you look at communications, you've got ICASA. But in water, who is the independent regulator? This has been dic- discussed for a number of years, but there's, there's no one who's ensuring that the pricing is leveled across the board in the whole value chain. And you, f- you find a situation whereby, uh, uh, I mean, water is, is different in dif- water pricing is different in each in each provinces. So in each of the provinces. So the, the other pillar is the, the, the technology aspect. Remember your infrastructure delivery is driven by the type of technology that you put in place. So as we deliver uh, infrastructure, the question that we should be asking ourselves is which technology are we relying on to put that infrastructure and can we sustain it in the next 10 to 15 years? Because the, 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 remember technology is your driver of the, in, or, or, or of the infrastructure. And, and the other thing is that, I mean, in South Africa, we are lucky to have one of the, the reputable institutions in the name of the Council for Scientific and Industrial Research who focus on hardcore technology to deliver that. And there are also other players in the same value chain, who, uh, like the Water Research Commission. It's, it's a, a, in terms of the act of establishment, they are supposed to fund mm. research. And the money that they get comes from the water that you and I pays. So these four pillars, your technology, your institutional model, and your regulatory framework are key. And the last one is the way we fund the project at the projects at the national level, the bulk infrastructure. Because what you put at the top, at the end of the day, affect the end user at the at the municipal space. Mm-hmm. So you can't concentrate on municipalities without looking at what the department is doing, what the water boards are doing, and what is happening in the local government space, and how the outcome of that affect the, the, our river systems. Because the whole thing is a circle.
Mm. And uh, just to go back to what you were talking about earlier, Mike, the natural um, side of things. Are we, as South Africa, secured of, you know, a water supply for the foreseeable future, at least in our lifetimes? Um, I'm older than you, Sakima. <laughs> uh, but I, I think let, let's put it this way. We, uh, you know, the, the Department of Water Affairs, to its credit, has looked at where the water is going to come from for pretty much all sort of major urban settlements and quite a lot of the smaller ones across the country. It has identified where the water can come from. So it's not that there's a shortage of water. You know, there, there are some people who sort of are, are a bit silly. They say, oh, we're using 98% of our available water. What they actually mean is we're using 98% of the water for which the infrastructure has already been developed. So currently South Africa uses just over 30% of the water available in the country. We can get that up to 40% without too much difficulty in most places. But it doesn't happen automatically. In, to, to, to be able to access water, you have to think like we should be thinking in Gauteng at the moment. If we have a six-year drought like they had in Australia recently, which threw that country into some chaos, I have to say, if we have a six-year drought, do we have enough water in our dams to get us through that? What restrictions are we going to have to impose on ourselves during that process? Are we able to manage those restrictions? And is there some new infrastructure that we should build to make sure that we get through? So, you see, it sounds like a simple question, is there enough water? Mm. And the basic, yes, there will be enough water. And whatever the uh, people say about climate change, at the moment, climate change is not a major factor. We know more or less what we can expect over the next 10, 20 years. The trouble is what we can expect is all the uncertainty about droughts and about floods that we normally live with. And we've got a plan to get through that with more people probably wanting a bit more water each, which we can do, but it's, it's a complicated job. So I'm pleased we've got people like Pietrus, you know, who I, I was worried. I thought we'd lost him to the Department of Finance. I'm glad he's getting back into the technical areas, which is where he started from, uh, because we actually need those technical people who can deal with these uncertainties and these challenges and come out with robust ideas and schemes that will enable us to get through. What we actually need is some technical excellence to deal with the very complicated challenges that we are facing and will continue to face. Mm. And speaking of, you know, that technical excellence, do we have the requisite skill set in the country to actually deal with this, not only at a national, but more importantly, at a local government level? Are the municipalities able to actually provide the infrastructure and resources and whatever else they need to at local government level so that people can actually open a tap and receive water? We, we have across the country just about enough technical people at the different levels. When we talk about individual municipalities, we know we don't have the right people in the, in, in the right places for all sorts of reasons. Uh, you know, some engineers, for some reason, don't want to go to, to Pofader. Uh, others want to have more money and they can actually make it in the financial sector rather than in the engineering sector. Um, and in some municipalities, they want to employ their friends. Let's be brutal about that. And so they're not mm-hmm. going to employ the right technical people. Mm-hmm. But I think if we were to use the, the technical skills base we have, and I've got to emphasize that's black as well as white, 
I think we've got enough people, uh, but it does put some challenges on management to make sure those people are recruited and deployed and used as appropriate, and that we're certainly not doing right across the country. Many places we are, but in lots of places we're not. Is South Africa facing a water crisis? That's the question on the forum at 8 this morning. The lines are open, 891 We are at the moment in conversation with Professor Mike Miller as well as uh, Pietras Maggi. So your questions, whatever you would like to ask them with regard uh, to the water situation, because some people are really starting to panic about this at the moment. Here's a tweet from Odiz, uh, Pietras. He says, water is a basic human need and a human right. In Maluti Township in there's no water at all. It is a crisis. So, does for him, it is a crisis at the moment. Uh, yes, I would say, I mean, for people who have got no water now, in, the, in those deep rural areas, they will see it as a crisis. We can't blame them. And we have to acknowledge that in order to assist them. So, the, the, and, and it's not only Maludi. You can, it's a number of rural areas in the country where you have got those challenges. Like yesterday, I was in Limpopo. I mean, I came across people using the donkey carts to, to deliver water. And this is something that I was doing in 1984 as a student, I mean, as a high school uh, pupil. Now, it, it, it shouldn't be happening today. So what we, uh, I mean, he, 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 he's very right, but government is trying its best to, to, to deliver infrastructure in rural areas. Just to add to, to, to what Mike was saying about the technical skills, there are a number of initiatives uh, that are looking at how do we capacitate the local government to ensure that infrastructure delivery to rural areas like Umata DL, where there is a challenge now, is addressed. And if, if, if you look at, uh, we do have enough skills in the country, but we need more to saturate the market with, 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 with sufficient capacity. And the, the, that, that's why you've got the Municipal Infrastructure Support Agency and the Infrastructure Skills Program uh, run from uh, Treasury side, which is looking at, uh, 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 I mean, Rand Water is implementing that, which mm. is looking at how do we strengthen the capacity in local government space. So there, there are initiatives that are looking at how do we deal with the skills issue. Because the, the assessments that we have done in the past, they, they, they've confirmed that we do have engineers. Look at the CSR, for example. We've got more than 2,600 personnel, out of which more than 80% is specialists in, in their own areas of expertise, with close to about 300 PhDs. The question is, how do you bring that into the real world to make an impact? Mm. So what is the answer to that then, Beatrice? Because clearly there is a problem. Mm. People are sitting without water while the engineers are sitting somewhere in Gauteng or other urban areas. What is the solution? Uh, if, if, if I, if, let me put it this way, uh, uh, Sagina. And the, the, we, we are involved on the ground. Remember, people think CSR is just an institution for academic research. Mm. We, we, we are all involved in the ground. We run projects in Limpopo, I mean Capricorn District Municipality, Amatole, Ilembe, and so on, to look at how do we assist local government in delivering on infrastructure. And, and the, the, the initi- I mean, the Constitution is very clear. The national department, the entities like water boards and even the CSR, they, you have to deploy all those institutions in the, in the space where delivery takes place. So there are initiatives uh, uh, I mean, in place. Mm. And the Department of Water Affairs, I mean, including COCTA as well, 
they do have money to address most of those things. But, of course, it depends on the priorities from each of the areas. So there is Th- a th- process that's in actually, place. Uh, uh, th- that's a very disconcerting statement that you mm. make there because what else should you prioritize above water? If people don't have water, does the rest really matter? I'm not saying. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just saying, I'm just asking, uh, you know, because, and this is the reality, unfortunately. And we've got callers on the line, Pietras, I'll come back to you. Uh, But uh, just looking at what people are saying this morning on um, uh, the SMS line before I go to the calls. In Clipsprate this morning, people sitting without water yet again. That's from Terence in Tembisa. Uh, Laurel uh, or Laurel in Santon says, water problems just due to the uh, usual incompetence and and uh, poor or no maintenance, like in health, education, housing, etc. Uh, Nick in Hilton says, this debacle would never, ever have happened if it had not been for cater deployment, affirmative action, or BEE. Then one here from Mike in Newlands. Mike says, the only time we experienced water problems in the Western Cape was when the ANC ran, the, when, uh, ran Cape Town, and it made uh, respect water and having a DA government I think something got lost in translation there but you know the sense that people are giving us here this morning from these messages at least is that there is a crisis with the management of our water resources in this country let's go to the lines 0891 Michelle in Joburg good morning good morning I'm, I'm not a water engineer and I'm not an expert in this field but I do know a bit about utilities and what I don't understand about Rand Water Board is why they were not managing the availability of supply because the quality of the water delivered and the availability of the water delivered is something you measure. You do, the, you do this in the power um, utilities. There, I do understand it. And it's not reactive, it's proactive. So I don't care about all the stories about cables being removed and that. I don't buy this. Someone wasn't minding the business. Mm. Okay, thank you so much, Michelle and Joburg. Marula, you're in Bushbuck Ridge. And Bushbuck Ridge, of course, has been experiencing ongoing problems with water supply. Marula? How are you, Sakina and the guests? Fine, thanks. Yes, I just want to be specific to my area in Bushbuck Ridge. Uh, the problem is not that there's a crisis. We have this big dam that was built in the in the uh, 90s uh, in Yaga Dam. It's a very big dam that can supply the whole of Bush Bagrish over 24 hours. But you see, the problem is corruption in terms of when they have to put, put the infrastructure. Yeah, you'll, you'll, you'll be surprised, if I inform you that uh, there have been contractors who have been awarded then that's what mission to put the pipelines that must supply the communities, né? And then only at the end of the quarter when it was supposed to, they, when they test, they find that they're saying the pipes are, are leaking, are not of quality. They have to dig up the, 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 the pipes and start a fire three times. Even now, most villages, they find it, tested fresh water from the table during the homeless time. There is nothing that is moving. They are busy now, but it's only towards the election that you receive them, the same what are going to provide, but there is nothing. It's not about the, the short water crisis, I mean, short, shortage. It's about the, the bureaucracy and the corruption and the incompetency with the municipality, in particular, the Bushbarish municipality. Mm, thank you so much there, Marule. Sebastian in Camps Bay, good morning. <phone rings> Sebastian? 
Okay, we seem to have lost Sebastian somewhere in the system. Let's go to Vidbang. James, good morning. We didn't have water since Saturday. If you phone the municipality, they not even answer the phone. They don't have the courage to phone. Madam, get rid of the comrades and get people who can do the job. That is all. Thank you. Thank you, James. And they are, of course, uh, you know, coming through people's frustration. Um, Again, you know, you can perhaps, you can manage without electricity. But when you don't have water, it's just, you know, a cattle of a different hue. Let me come to Prof Miller. Prof? Where do you want me to start? I take your picture. You know, let's, let's, I'll, I'll go very quickly through the three of them. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, what Michelle must remember is that water is different to electricity. Um, you, you can switch electricity on and off. Uh, it's quite easy to monitor. What you're trying to do with water is in. you're also trying to manage the flows and the stocks. Um, and unfortunately, if you have to monitor the stock in every reservoir around the system and then try and work out how the flows in are going to affect the flows out. It's quite a complicated business. I would hope RAND as a center of excellence it has got the models to be able to consider what if and what should we do when. But uh, I think the what we saw this past few weeks is that if they did have those models, they weren't using them. Um, but it's a lot more complicated than in electricity because water we store. Mm-hmm. Now, turning but, to but, but before mm-hmm. you go on, um, uh, yeah. Prof, just on that point, surely someone should have noticed at some point that the levels in these res- in these reservoirs were dropping to dangerously low. Why wasn't anything done? It comes back to the point where people are saying we ought to be proactive. We can't always be reacting to these sorts of situations. You know, I, I do think that there are some questions to be asked about the operational procedures of RAND. I have every sympathy for them. I used to w- run a very small water system, and I can tell you it was complicated running a small system. Uh, I do suspect that what has happened is that they've probably, it's a bit like journalism, they've probably juniorized the operations room because they think, oh, this is routine, this isn't difficult. Well, it's not difficult until something goes wrong, and then you suddenly realize you need some really quite deep expertise. So I think RAND needs to review its operating procedures so that they've got the right degree of seniority and expertise instantly available, not to be called in two or three days later, but day-to-day on call so that when something like this happens, they can respond. But you must talk to Rand about that. Uh, they, they need to mm. up their game. Absolutely. But, you know, Marula in Bushpark Ridge, I'm glad he raised in Yaka Dam because in the early 1990s, there was a lot of argument about whether we should build that dam because if you recall, there was a drought and there was hundreds of thousands of people without water for weeks and weeks and weeks. Mm. We said, you don't have to be without water. We can make water available, and that large Nyaka Dam is sitting there demonstrating that it is possible to make the water available. But he correctly says, how come we can't get that water to the people? And I have to say that in the Bushbuck Ridge area, there are fights between municipalities. There are fights within municipalities. There are attempts to set up uh, institutions. There was a Bushbuck Ridge water board, but it didn't get support from the municipalities. There is undoubtedly corruption there. The, the population has grown dramatically. I mean, I regard Bushbuck Ridge as one of our cities. There's probably a million people living in that area, all dependent on really poorly managed and structured water supplies. I think it's a bit of a disgrace. I know that there's been attempts to, in fact, send Rand water down to help them out. 
But until someone gets all the municipal administrations, knocks their heads together and says, we've got to make this work, um, I'm afraid Marula is going to be uh, where he is. And the story in Witbank is much the same. We know there's been bad administration in Witbank. Question, why has the Mpumalanga government in some cases not just suspended these municipalities and put in administrations? Uh, I think uh, mm. th- those are the kind of questions we need to ask. Okay, so I'm going to put a pause right. button on it just for now because we have to go to news. When we come back, we'll continue talking about that because there's another question about the De Whoop Dam and who that is serving. So lots more coming and we'll take more calls, read more messages as we proceed. The Forum at 8 on SAFM. Thanks so much for tuning in to the Forum at 8 this morning. The question that we are asking, is South Africa facing a water crisis? And of course, many South Africans up in arms because uh, that, uh, you know, uh, uh, the facility of turning on that tap and having the water run out hasn't uh, been as smooth as we would like in parts of Gauteng. And uh, therefore, there's been a huge media coverage around this particular issue. But this issue is broader than just Gauteng. There are many other areas of the country that have been struggling for much longer trying to get water to people in the most convenient ways. We are joined now in studio by Acting Director General in the Department of Water and Sanitation, uh, Trevor Balzer. Thanks so much for coming through. My pleasure. Good morning to you and your listeners. So, um, uh, Trevor, perhaps I could just ask for your uh, response to the question that we are asking uh, since we are taking our listeners' comments at this point. But... Um, our panel uh, to this point have been clear that we are not necessarily facing a crisis, but of course there is reason for concern. Yes, indeed. Um, let me just greet uh, Mike and Petrus as well, and I've been listening to the interview while, while, while traveling. Um, uh, just with regard to the crisis, I, uh, firstly let me say we don't have a national crisis as far as water is concerned, but every person who doesn't have access to water will see their own position as a crisis. So the, the recent events in, uh, in, in Gauteng um, were seen very much as a crisis uh, to those communities and those uh, consumers who were without water for, uh, for the past week and a half or two weeks. And, and we're dealing with that. And that's not the only place in South Africa that we're having to deal with that. I can mention quite a few others, which I'm sure quail callers will come in on as well. Um, you look at Makana, where, we, where we're dealing with issues there. We're dealing with issues up in Guiana. We're dealing with issues, uh, drought-related issues in, in KZN. So we need to manage uh, uh, different situations uh, uh, across the country. Unlike Eskom, our, our systems are not all interlinked. Um, and you'll find a different situation as far as water availability in various parts of the country. We also have to recognize that uh, South Africa does have a variable rainfall, and uh, we have a, 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 a variable rain across the country coming from the um, uh, west through to the, uh, to the east. Um, and we have to manage our water resources and our water supplies uh, judiciously, um, the other area of concern is the fact that while we have over 95% uh, of coverage in terms of infrastructure, access to infrastructure, um, only 70 to 75% of this infrastructure is functional at any time. And this is as a result of, um, in many instances, uh, poor management and poor maintenance of infrastructure. And this is what is frustrating our communities. And every community and every person who doesn't have water from that infrastructure will see that they have a crisis.
All right, let's just get back to uh, where we were at just before the break. Um, Beatrice, you wanted to respond to the questions we took, but also I wanted to throw in uh, the question from Max Naidu about the Whip Dam. Okay, no, thanks very much, Sakina. Before I go to this, let me just make let me just make a point clear on the routing issue. I mean, Randwater is 110 years old, and they've got a good record of performance, so we can't judge them on a, a one incident. So the you bottom, bet? the bottom <laughs> the bottom line is well I understand the, I'm I'm talking that from the sector perspective, mm. not from the organizational perspective. So if the, the the they've experienced multiple outages, and of course, based on my understanding of how they operate and the system, we're working together as partners, because uh, at the end of the day, we're all working for South Africa Incorporated with our our our, our people on the ground as our shareholders. So. The, the, there were multiple outages that affected that, but they are working on that, and they've got good systems in place. Then when coming to the hub, if you remember at the beginning, I indicated that it, the, the water value chain, you don't look at one section of the chain. You have to look at the depart, from the department side right to the end user on, is, is, our planning ali- is, our, is our planning aligned in the whole value chain? And the infrastructure implementation as well, is, that, is there an alignment there? So the the, the hoop actually is in our is in my village is, is supposed to supply my village. I was there yesterday. So the the the, the at the moment, the, the community, uh, Mr. Balz, will, 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 will talk to it as well. They are not getting water from it, but I believe the department is working on that. Mm. Uh, listen to this, Connie, the real Konza says, yes, we are facing a water crisis, and leadership is just too arrogant to admit that there is a skill shortage in uh, this regard. Looking at some of the other messages coming through, Fanyana in Lesotho says, South Africans should be encouraged to respect and conserve water. In Lesotho, we are rich in water, but we still harvest and conserve it. And then uh, Liz in KZN says, what about giving each household a rebate to install a job? Jojo Tank, uh, Howard in the Western Cape. The water supply is failing the people, but there's no crisis. Your guests must surely be ANC appointees. And then this one says, yes, we are in a water crisis. Please build our Foxwood Dam before the next drought. That's Dave in the Eastern Cape. Terry says, please ask your panel how much water is lost every day through underground leaks. And that's a very important one because one uh, that we don't necessarily talk about too often. Motusi says, water crisis in South Africa really only now that it affects real South Africans in Gauteng, the subjectivity of this national radio station is shocking. And um, Mashole says, unfortunately, municipality has poor management or simple problems. For example, it takes them a month to stop a leakage. And Kathy says, start a national campaign in all 11 languages on how to use water. From the gardener who hoses the pavement to leaking taps everywhere, we certainly have a problem. And then I want to throw in this one here from um, Spivo and KZN. Spivo says, just a trick to, quali- uh, to, to quickly award a multi-billion rand tender to Acada to upgrade water systems as they do, uh, or rather as they did with the Johan water builds. Now, that is something that a lot of other people are echoing, saying that you may say here as experts that we do have the requisite skill set, but that's not translating uh, on the ground where it seems as though tenders are just being given out to uh, friends and caters willy-nilly without these people actually knowing what they're doing. Let me come to you uh, on that one first, Trevor. 
I disagree with that notion. I think um, uh, in terms of the um, the infrastructure build program that we run from the uh, from the department, uh, we we follow all the uh, norms and standards and the uh, 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 procedures that are required of us in terms of uh, supply chain management, and uh, uh, tenders on, are certainly not handed out uh, willy uh, willy nilly. They they all dealt with on a on a competitive basis, and. Uh, we we generally throughout all of the uh, contracts that we implement uh, we see good results in terms of the uh, uh, product that's delivered and the quality of the infrastructure that is uh, being built. Mm. Emmanuel, this one uh, goes directly to you, uh, Pietras. Emmanuel says there are there there are legislation and policies on water. Putting another regulatory structure will not help the situation. But what is CSIR doing to actually help alleviate the problem that we have at the moment? Uh, thank you, thank you, Sakina. At the beginning, I, I, I indicated that uh, there is a direct link between your, uh, the technology that you put on the ground and the maintenance. Mm-hmm. So what, what CSIR is doing, we, we, we looked at what, what kind of South Africa do we need in the next 20, 30 years from the technology perspective. And more especially in the, uh, the, 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 uh, in the water infrastructure because that's where the challenges are. We have got a lot of imported technology from different areas and in some cases municipalities don't even understand what is going on there and remember technology affects delivery if a pump is broken and you have to wait for six months to import it i mean whereas as the csr we have looked at that how do we work on this to ensure that local technology is prioritized to support water infrastructure delivery and also while we deploy that technology we train the, the people uh, more especially the undergraduate, the, 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 the graduates in science and engineering to understand our technology and infrastructure and implement it. I can, I can cite specific municipalities where we are doing this. In the, the West Rand now, we are upscaling a biogas technology, which is turning a wastewater treatment plant not into a waste but into a resource. So it, 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 the, the, what, what the technology will do is the, to, uh, to produce energy from from the from the waste and then use that energy to support support the operations in the plant and then in in other areas like Capricorn district municipality Ilembe district Shanzeni and uh, Amatole we piloting technology that will help an ordinary person on the ground to send an sms if there's a leak to 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 a, to a specific number at the municipality then if they don't respond it will escalate it to different uh, uh, people making decisions and it keeps records of that. So we, we, we are playing an active role in the municipal space to ensure that we end up understanding our water network because it cannot manage what you don't understand. And we have to help the municipalities understand that. And the other thing is that, I mean, I like what the, the, the Australians are, as, uh, uh, the way they define their infrastructure, calling them an intelligent infrastructure and so on, which means we need to understand in order for you to manage your water network, you have to understand what is in that network at different level of your, 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 your system. Mm. And uh, Prof Miller, let me just come to you. Uh, the question about leaks again, and also people asking about desalination. You know, what are the other options available to South Africa at this point? Okay, I'm, I'm very glad that one of the listeners raises the question of leaks, because if we are 
not short of water, but if we need to conserve water so that we don't have to build more dams than necessary, we need to manage the water that we have. We're aware that in many of the municipalities of South Africa, and that includes the metros in Gauteng, that there is more water lost through leakage than needs be. One of the things that worries me is that we actually don't know how much water is lost because we've tended to confuse water that's used without being paid for. You know, in water we have illegal connections just like we do in electricity. We confuse that water with water that it just leaks out into the ground. Um, but I've seen estimates of 20, 25% losses and those, if we look internationally, we should be able to reduce that to 15%. Now, if you save 10% of the available water, you've delayed the need for a Lesotho Highlands Phase 2 by a couple of years. It's worth doing. But to do that requires, I'm afraid, once again, good management of the systems. And this isn't high-tech necessarily. Um, in Johannesburg, we used to have a system where if you phoned Joburg Water and you said, there is a leak in my suburb at this corner, you would get a response within eight hours. For some reason, the city of Johannesburg decided to centralize their call center. Now you can't even get through to the call center. When you do, it takes two days for the message to get to Joburg Water. What used to be an eight-hour repair now often turns into an eight-days repair. So what you see is you losing water for a week, which could have been saved. And... If th that doesn't, as I say, require rocket science. It requires an organized call center, an organized uh, uh, repair system, and we used to have it. Mm -hmm. So we need to ask the question, what is it that's stopping us from doing those basic management things right, even as we try and do the high-tech, new infrastructure, complicated systems things? We must get the basics right as well. And that's where we need to ask organizations like Randwater, like uh, Joburg Water, are you putting enough attention to basic operations or are you being distracted by lots and lots of other things uh, and you're, you're missing this real opportunity to, to improve everybody's lives? And perhaps we can ask uh, Trevor Bolzer as well. You know, um, what is your response to what uh, Professor Miller has just said? I, I support the views that uh, that, that uh, Prof. Mike has just uh, um, uh, referred to. Uh, he, he, he indicates that we sometimes confuse non-revenue water for water losses. Uh, we base our, our losses or non-revenue uh, water estimates on a study that's been done for us by the Water Research Commission, which indicates that some uh, 35 to 37% of water that goes into municipal areas is, uh, is unaccounted for. And uh, the, the actual losses due to poor water system management of this amount could be in the order of 25%, uh, which, which Mike uh, refers to. Uh, we certainly in, in our uh, uh, programs that we are implementing are putting a, quite a lot of emphasis onto the refurbishment and, uh, of, of existing infrastructure and the replacement of aging infrastructure. Um, Mike also used the word basic quite often. And I think it's quite uh, uh, important just to reflect back onto the uh, municipal uh, summit uh, that, that has just taken place uh, where uh, the presidential uh, local government summit, which has just taken place uh, with the, with the uh, banner of uh, Back to Basics. And uh, that is one of the areas where local government um, has to focus on is getting back to the basics of good uh, water and systems management.
Let's go back to the lines. 891 Ron and Halfway House, good morning. Hi, good morning. Hi, Ron. Um, I've been looking at the lakes situation in South Africa and particularly the Val Dam. Um, it's largely a very shallow dam and it's an old dam. It's been silting up for years. If they put dredges in and took the silt out, which of course can be put onto farmland because it's good material, they would be able to increase the capacity of the lake by hundreds of thousands of litres quite easily, and it is done in other parts of the world. Okay. That's Ron and Halfway House. Let's go to Sebastian in Camps Bay. Morning, Sebastian. Morning to you. I can't give you any expert opinion on what the current situation in the country is, but I can say with absolute certainty that it's highly reckless and irresponsible to go down a road that will uh, make it much, much worse than it should be. Uh, I'm referring to the government decision to go ahead with fracking in the Karoo. Now, there are two aspects here. The first is the uh, high usage of water to actually frack the wells, one million gallons for each well to be fracked, which has to be taken or brought from somewhere. And the the second aspect is the eventual pollution and poisoning of the underground water sources. Now, I'm going to give you an expert opinion very briefly. It appeared in the Cape Towns of 28 April, quoting the late groundwater expert, Professor Gerrit van Tonde, who, after noting that 80% of Karoo towns and nearly a million people depended on groundwater, said as far as I quote, there is no doubt that the fracking well casings will fail sooner or later. That is why I say that contamination is absolutely inevitable and it will be one of the biggest water pollution disasters in the world. South Africa is so short of water, we cannot risk this, this end of quote. The, the opposition will claim that they're using best practice, but the problem is that best, best practice is not good enough. Uh, we're looking at a disaster, staring a disaster in our face. Thank you. All right. Thank you so much, uh, Sebastian. The Forum at 8 on SAFM. Trying our best to run through as many of your calls and answer as many of uh, the questions you raise here this morning. Our question on the Forum at 8 is South Africa facing a water crisis? We have with us uh, the acting DG in the Department of Water and Sanitation, uh, Trevor Bolzer. We also have Peter Maji from CSIR and uh, Professor Mike uh, Muller. So those are our guests this morning. Let me run through some of the SMSs before we even answer any of it. Uh, Bongani Sitole says, no water in St. Lucia in Mtubatuba in, Mtuba in KZN for a month. Sue in George says, um, heard these same excuses in Ahrare years ago, get used to it, South Africa. And then this one says, Ward 1 uh, Mandini District in Northern KZN have pipes and taps but no water for years. Inconsistent delivery by water tankers, five boreholes with broken pumps, uh, which municipality just won't fix. Another one, the water shortage is caused by incompetent officials, water pipe leakages, not fixed, faulty pipes, ignorant MMC for water and electricity. Temba says, who owns the water trucks supplying the water to the affected areas I bet they are owned by ANZ Fat Cats making money of the situation. And there are quite a few SMSs echoing that particular sentiment, saying that, you know, actually maybe um, it serves a purpose for the water infrastructure not to be operating optimally because then there are other people in the chain that stand to benefit from that. But uh, let's just get some answers. Let me go to you, uh, Prof. Mike. Uh, the question about fracking, because we're hearing a lot about alternative energy 
energy sources and, you know, the energy solution to South Africa's problems. Fracking is one that's definitely on the table. We're talking nuclear power. People are concerned. How is water going to be utilized? Uh, you shouldn't start me on fracking because <laughs> I'm, I'm really concerned, actually, that the people who don't want fracking in the Karoo, for all sorts of legitimate reasons, have chosen to make the water scare the uh, focus of their attention. You know, I've read uh, most of the literature that's uh, the sort of summary literature from the U.S. I've visited fracking sites. I've discussed with planning officials in the U.S. Uh, what they see as the risks of fracking. And I'm, I can tell you, absolutely without uh, doubt that compared for instance to coal mining in Mpumalanga the problems posed by fracking to water supplies are minimal there's enough water actually even in the Karoo to do fracking and to dispose of the waste is entirely feasible and it will be a lot easier to avoid environmental damage than it is for the coal mines that we approve every day in, uh, in Mpumalanga mm-hmm. so let's have more fracking and less coal mining and perhaps we'll be happy but you know there was another question on desalination which I think we just ought to answer because it is important Uh, we'll never run out of water for our cities around the coast as long as we have two things one is enough energy and second that's enough money to get enough energy to desalinate the water we can supply water uh, from the sea we know what the technologies are Mm. once we've desalinated it getting it into the reservoirs and reliably to people every day, that will continue to be a big challenge. And I think the people who are raising these questions about water tankers are quite right. Firstly, you cannot meet the needs of a large society like South Africa through water tankers. Rand Water moves 4 million tons of water every day through its system. Can you imagine... 400,000 10-ton trucks driving all over Gauteng trying to deliver the water. It's not possible, but it is possible, and we see it in small municipalities, for councillors and their friends to make money out of water tankers. Mm. And this ought to be stopped, and I'd like to see some of the corrupt councillors in jail, frankly. Uh, We know this is happening, and if action isn't taken, uh, we need to be raising voices very loud and asking why, because uh, it's both not serving people well, but equally it's corrupt profiteering and it should be stopped. We have obviously not exhausted this particular topic. KZN coming up, you know, uh, quite often in the SMSs. Also Mpumalanga. And um, uh, this one says in Sasselberg, municipal workers have cut the, uh, the water pipes and water is now flowing down the roads onto the streets. Uh, this one here says, as we speak right now on Jan Smuts uh, at uh, Parktown North, water leak on the street from Sassel Garage to Bolton Road. Water is just running all over the country. So unfortunately, we are hopelessly out of time and we're going to have to come back to this one. But thanks to our panel this morning for engaging with us and also to our listeners who always participate so fantastically.